0: This insight is taken from episode 20 of the podcast, a conversation between myself, Michael, and Courtney Hammond-Wagner. Courtney is a postdoctoral research fellow at Stanford University, working on water governance in the western United States. In the clip, we discuss the challenge of using frameworks in science with the example of Ostrom's Social Ecological Systems Framework. Yeah, Courtney, I'm interested in one thing you mentioned there was that you that the SES framework was a good way of thinking about how things happen in life. And, and then you mentioned that, yeah, you think about a lot of your research problems or, or perhaps how you're gonna approach a research generally or conceptually around the SES framework, but then how you go about selecting variables, how you're gonna measure them, which ones you're gonna test for, uh, you kind of move away from that. And I would just be interested to hear your perspective on why do you think this gap with the framework exists? I, I don't think it's unique to, to the SES framework but I'm interested in how we close this gap between having something which is usefully conceptually and then getting it down to having practically measurable variables. It's not so difficult to, to have this black box in the middle for how we, we go from concept to you know, study design to survey okay. design and then yeah. implementation and measurement
1: so I can't shut up about this but um, <laughs> I mean come on I mean how many times do we read a new article that's announced on Twitter or something and it says new framework for something something and we read it and there's like a lot of cute boxes and arrows etc and then I mean when I was in postdoc people used to ask me like so where is the manual for this framework and I would, would sheepishly say well I don't think there is one or you know the man Lynn was the manual basically right um if you want to figure out how to implement this thing. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm co-opting this a little bit, but I'm going to say you asked for it, Stefan. Yeah,
0: sure. It's just, I think there needs to be,
1: we need to think about like, what does it actually mean? We don't, I don't think we have a good understanding in the field of what it actually means to use a framework. I don't think we understand fully what it, you know, we have like, we can get some boilerplate about, well, you know, a framework populates your world with the objects that you consider, blah, blah, blah. But, like, how do you go from a framework to, what, a spreadsheet? Is that what we're going for? To a relational database? Well, we don't really know. Do you just use it qualitatively? I mean, I so there's this really underdeveloped discourse, I would say, in environmental social science almost broadly about, like, you know, well, we test theories. That's what we're supposed to do with this object called a the theory. We're not really sure, like, what the verb that we should consistently attach to the idea of a framework is, um, we now we're supposed to like incrementally develop these frameworks over time, well is that, do you test a framework, like how do you do that, I just, I feel like every time someone develops a new framework, they should be required to then have a one page document that says, and here's how you would implement this framework in an empirical project, this is how this integrates and engages with this narrative of science that we are trying to buy into, and if not, then what are we using it for and how, because it's, anyway, I'll stop.
0: (laughs) No, it's 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 uh, exactly the the issue. But yeah, Courtney, I'm interested. What, what do you think? Yeah, I oh. mean, I, I, t-
2: I totally agree. Um, and I would so I would say I haven't I haven't moved away from that second piece, like from the operationalizing it. I definitely do want to continue to use it in that way. Um, I just haven't quite gotten there in this work yet of whether that's going to be the defining frame. Um, but I would say I spent <laughs> maybe maybe. The unfortunate thing, Michael, is that with you introducing me to this framework, you also introduced me to that struggle that you just described. <laughs> and uh, I spent most of my PhD in that. <laughs> um, Welcome and yeah, yeah. I think where, you know, and it was interesting because I really did feel like, you know, I was like Googling every paper that has ever used the framework and just trying to dissect what they did and how they did it. And, and ultimately, I sort of came to my own approach for better or worse um, and sort of saw And I've, I've heard this from others now. And I think maybe Michael, you would say this too, but as this, for me, I really want to use the SES framework as an analytical framework and not just a diagnostic. So mm. using it as a way to test relationship and build theories in a way that you're, um, you know, accounting for at least, um, you know, it, at least in terms of saying, like, what I am accounting for and what I am not in uh, in the broader social ecological context, right? And so trying to be explicit about which variables are varying and which variables you're trying to hold constant and which are not the focus of the study and might have been, um, you know, they might be touched on in terms of uh, context that you can't control for or, or things to further investigate later. But what I was really focused on, and this is what my approach to the SES framework is to drive a question through it. And so mm-hmm. I was interested in the question of how do, how does the difference in rule structure shape on-farm behavior? And so I saw on-farm behavior as that, that sort of nutrient management within a farm system as my action situation, which is a little bit funky, and this is maybe my biggest insecurity in terms of how I applied this, because it's it's sort of, it's individual behavior. It's not necessarily mm. um, uh, your, your, you know, interaction between two actors. Right. Although if you abstract, it's many actors across the landscape are making these decisions in concert almost, right? Um, and that it's the outcome of all of those that matters in non-point source pollution, where you have nutrients running off of farms or leaching into groundwater. And so I took this question of, so if we vary these rule structures, then what happens to the behaviors? And then I used that to frame out um, both studies. So one was the both empirical studies. So one was um, using survey data And then the other was, so there was, there were less variables involved in that question um, or that study. And then the other was um, using interviews. And so this is the one that I chatted with um, Stefan a little bit about before where it's sort of a uh, maybe somewhat novel way of addressing it. And we'll see how, um, yeah, how it's how it's received once I submit the paper, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But I interviewed farmers, framing out the interviews using the social ecological systems framework. And then I coded the interviews with the framework. And then I um, elic- essentially elicited mental models in terms of how farmers perceived the social ecological context to be driving their behavior. And then I analyzed those using network analysis to look at the key drivers that were identified as shaping behavior within each of the uh, three case study contexts that I worked in, in Vermont and New Zealand. And so it allowed the sort of most salient elements of the social ecological system from the farmer perspective to emerge in the results. Um, And I think it worked well for me in terms of how I applied it, um but i haven't it's sort of a different way of approaching it than i've seen done before so i don't know if that that sort of yeah. answers the broader question of how i approach the framework but that's i i definitely see it as a um sort of a guide like a guide for then driving a question through
0: yeah, that's super interesting because a lot of the debate is, as you said, Michael, I think that's what most people think is that, it, you know, there is no manual and it is a very critical gap which, which needs to be addressed. But as I was listening to you talk about what you did in this project, Courtney, it, it, it was the same for, for a few of the projects that I've done. And I think the other side of the coin is that it forces a lot of methodological innovation in connecting a lot of different things because you say, OK, we have now this framework. How do we pair that with different data collection methodologies? That's going to give us different types of data. We have to kind of reconceptualize how that data is going to interact with each other and maybe have some new sort of method, network analysis or something, a third or fourth method to bring in to connect them. And that was really the reflection that we've had in our in our projects as well. And when I started my PhD, it was really supposed to be very traditional, uh, more like the way Michael described it, to kind of find multiple cases around the world and around about some small-scale fisheries and then try to compare them in a way which is the most comparable possible and what we realized is that to, to even get to that step we first have to have methodological innovation and then all of the cases instead became at the end different ways methodologically which you could apply the framework because we said <laughs> first okay we have to rethink methodologically how to do it quantitatively how do you do it all quantitatively how do you do it all qualitatively and then how do you do it with a project where you have mixed amounts of data and different variables coming into it. And I think that could be, maybe that's the first realm of that needs to be explored before we can get to a place where we can then talk about having um, a manual, which which gives a more structured way for approaching the framework.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's fun to think about. I hadn't thought about it the way you just said in terms of it forces the innovation. it's fun to think think about it that way. And I think it does. I mean, you've seen, it's kind of a better framing right now to, to look across all of the papers that have used the SES framework and think about it in terms of innovation. And now it's like figuring out what works and what we move forward with.
0: If you enjoyed this Insight episode of the Finding Sustainability podcast, you can listen to full interviews with all of our guests in the podcast feed. You can also find us on Twitter at find underscore sust underscore pod, or you can visit our website, www.essnetwork.net forward slash podcast. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and can be streamed from our website. This podcast is part of the Environmental Social Science Network. For more information about the network and how to get involved, please visit our website. Thank you for supporting the podcast.